0: Let's delve back into Reddit and question why it is we leave the safety of our own home. If our homes are safe in the first place, if these let's not meet stories. The Devil's Playhouse. This happened about seven years ago, but it still really freaks me out. My hometown has a canyon that is rumored to be haunted. The story is that a woman lost her husband in a mining accident and she haunts the canyon searching for him. In this same canyon there exists a building very much off the main trail named the Devil's Playhouse because it is said to be the place where devil worshippers go on satanic holidays. In order to do their rituals and whatnot. I was a wannabe ghost hunter and spent a lot of time in that canyon, specifically drawn to the playhouse. It was an old factory with a lot of mysterious writings on the wall and holes into rooms that had no entrance. And to get to this factory you had to drive way off trail on a very beaten up dirt road and just after the house there was a fence. As daring as I was, I always turned around at the fence so I could get out of there easily if I got scared. From there, you had to climb in and out of a deep ditch to actually get to the playhouse. Now that the description is out of the way, here is what happened that caused me to never go there again. I had brought my younger sister and two younger cousins up there. We were messing around taking pictures. When my little sister swore she saw a camera pointed towards us from the rocks outside the window of the warehouse. I didn't really see it but my sister was really freaked out. We decided to take a break from the playhouse and walked about a hundred feet to a bunch of large stone fixtures. Now I had been up that canyon many times and rarely did I see another car, especially at the devil's playhouse. But suddenly a truck made its way along the trail. When the driver caught sight of us he slowed down to probably five miles per hour and the passenger was very noticeably pointing a camera our way. They then proceeded to drive past my car then back up to it so we were bumper to bumper. I really thought they were going to tow my car or something. They left their truck on and then two men stepped out and climbed through the ditch. They walked around the far side of the playhouse from us, and my sister pointed out it was the side the camera was on. I was the adult in the situation, so I was coming up with any reason to give these guys as to why we were there, just in case we were trespassing. We had to walk back to the house to get to the only safe part of the ditch, and as we approached, the men stepped out they were probably in mid-thirties or so, they didn't say a word, they didn't smile, they just stood where we had to walk right past them, with no emotion on their faces at all. We made it to my car and drove off, but I just had a really sick feeling in my stomach, like they were hiding something up there. I decided to park at the base of the entrance on the trail to the playhouse and just wait for them to come back down. I was stupid, I know. Another car pulled up beside us and the old man who was driving in it stared at us. He was seriously creepy looking and it scared the shit out of us. So I drove back down to town and the car followed. He even parked at the gas station we went to. We had gone inside and he sat in the parking lot for a good 20 minutes before leaving. I'm still not entirely sure what happened, or why, but strange men who were hiding something at the Devil's Playhouse, let's not meet. The phone call, I'll never forget. This happened yesterday, and before anyone says anything, yes, I know, I'm stupid. I had just gotten home from work around 9pm, and had barely had time to get my shoes off when I get a phone call from some number I don't recognise. I'm searching for new jobs, and thought that it might be one of the places that I was applying for, calling me back. I pick it up, it's some guy who says that he's with some kind of third party detention centre, which as he explained it, was for low risk inmates that were sent there whenever the local jails were busy or filled. That should have sent off nice big red flags for me, but for whatever reason it just made sense in my tired brain. I'm getting ready to tell this guy I'm not interested in making a donation or anything like that when he asks me if this is my full name. I confirm and he says that they're holding my boyfriend at this center saying my boyfriend's full name and giving a dead-on description of him. I ask what's going on since my boyfriend is supposed to be at work right now and the guy on the other end provides an explanation. He says that my boyfriend had struck a pregnant woman with his car on his way to work and was four times the legal limit for blood alcohol. He said the woman was in critical condition and that my boyfriend had broken a few ribs and his nose in the accident. I'm freaking out at this point and ask him if I can speak to my boyfriend, which the man obliges. I'm put on hold for a minute or two before my boyfriend picks up the line. This person on the other end was panicking, saying how it wasn't his fault and begged me not to tell his parents, again using my name. It didn't particularly sound like my boyfriend, but I figured it was because of the broken nose he supposedly had, and his tone really helped to sell it, because it all sounded so legitimate. The man from before comes back on the line. Before I can ask any questions, he explains that they had to sedate my boyfriend, since he had begun to panic and hyperventilate, which I was starting to relate to more and more by the second. The man on the other end tells me that I should come right away, and that the bail is set at $2,000, cash only. I stupidly tell him that I don't have that much, and that I maybe have half of that. He tells me that is fine, and that I can work something out at the front office once I get there, and to just bring what I have, and seeming like he's trying to calm me down. He's given me the address, and I can barely hold a pen because my hands are shaking so badly, and I'm very poorly trying to hold back tears. All of a sudden, The door opens up, and in walks my boyfriend, completely normal looking, with no broken nose. But more than a little confused as to why I'm crying. I'm still on the phone with the man and ask him what the fuck he thinks he's doing. Telling him how my boyfriend just walked in, and he promptly hangs up. I tried calling back a few times, but it went directly to voicemail. I find out the power to the bar my boyfriend works at had gone out. So his boss sent everyone home early, and I had never been so grateful for a power outage. My boyfriend slept on the couch to keep watch, but unfortunately I still couldn't sleep that night. So I decided to look up the name of the organization the man said he worked for. Big surprise, that turned up nothing. I then looked up the address he had given me on Google Maps, and see that it was some random abandoned strip mall in the middle of a sketchy-ass area that was about an hour and a half out of town. What really freaked me out about this whole thing was the guy knew my number, both me and my boyfriend's names, but didn't sound like anyone we had met before. I had no idea what would have been waiting for me there, but I'm counting my lucky stars right now. So to the guy who wanted to meet me for god knows what at the sketchy R. strip mall. Let's not meet. The guy living upstairs. Hi guys. So this happened to me and my mum last year. We live in a pretty bad part of town and it's not unusual for us to encounter a couple of weirdos in our day-to-day life. But this is one encounter that really scared us both. We actually moved out shortly after this happened. So straight to the story. Me and my mum were just arriving home when we see a man standing in front of our main door, very skinny and tall and looked like he was in his mid-forties. My mum questioned what he was doing and if he needed anything from us. He said he was our new neighbour and that he would be living upstairs. Usually, the landlord only rented the upstairs to tourists, so we thought it was a little strange. He said he had lost his key, and asked us if we had a spare. My mum told him, of course, we didn't, and that he would need to contact the landlord about that. We continued standing there, and we kind of had to push by him to get into our house. My mum, quite assertively, told him to step away, and I guess he got the hint, and left. A couple of days go by. We haven't seen the man but we have definitely been hearing him. He had been keeping us up basically every night. He was always knocking on the floor like he was dropping marbles or hitting the broom on the wood. He would sing loudly in the middle of the night or just talk for hours and hours. He was either talking to himself or on the phone because we had never heard anyone else's voice. My mum is that type of person who doesn't put up with this type of disrespect. And she was trying hard not to start a conflict with our new neighbour. The breaking point happened when he threw a big block of cement down from his balcony to our garden. My mum caught him doing it, while one of our cats was minding its own business, just chilling on the grass. He was obviously aiming to hit him, but thankfully he ran away in time. My mum lost it and made her way upstairs. They got into a heated fight, and our front neighbours ended up having to break it up. My mum was really upset for a long time. We didn't hear or see him. Now for this last part, let me just explain to you a bit about how my house is built. We have our main door, which is directed to the road, and we have a back entrance, which is where we have a small garden. The garden is surrounded by a wall. It's quite high, but wouldn't be impossible to jump over. Now my bedroom door goes directly out to the garden, and I usually leave my door a crack open, so my cats can come in during the night. You've probably guessed where this is going. One night, while I'm asleep, this twat jumped over our wall and creeped into my room. I woke up with him stroking my hair and cheek repeatedly. I slowly woke up and took a while to adjust my sight, to realise it was him. I screamed very loudly and my mum rushed in swinging a lamp in her hand. He tried talking his way out of it, saying he just needed our help, blah blah blah. My mum was having none of it and continued to swing at him. He ran back out the door. We didn't run after him. My mum just went straight to the door and locked it. We called the police right after and our landlord. He wasn't dumb enough to go back upstairs because he knew for sure the police was going to come for him. So we needed all the information we could get about him to tell the police. The landlord was very confused and said he hadn't rented it out and had no idea what we were talking about. When the police arrived, they confirmed he had busted the door lock. And had been living inside for the past two weeks. I didn't go upstairs, but my mum did. She said it smelled so bad she almost threw up. He had basically been living in filth. Also, he apparently had been in my room before because the police found one of my pyjama shorts upstairs. The police told us he had a couple of sketchy things in his possession and to be careful not to leave any doors open In case he comes back. He was never caught and we never saw him again. My mum swore once in a while she could still hear him upstairs mumbling. We were both really paranoid and never felt relaxed living there again. About two months later we moved out. So creepy guy who squatted upstairs, let's not meet.